This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service, and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Thread Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. The Black Oak and Oak Lawn, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining, and Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Naveau. It's not even so much me as it's Ronick. He's good. And 670 The Score's hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. You don't play this game with a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net. You don't got dinky do. Welcome in to the latest edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC Chicago and the Athletic Chicago and with me, as always, fresh from a vacation in Door County, the one, the only, the ever-handsome, Jay Zawoski. Jay, how was Wisconsin, my friend? Oh, my God. Let me tell you, I, th- I think I tweeted this or Facebooked it or something, but whenever I'm in need of a uh, mental and spiritual reset, Door County is my place to go. And I think it's like, I know a lot of people from Chicago go, but I also find it criminal that so many have not. Yeah. Um, it is just an incredible place, surrounded by beauty. No matter what time of the year you go, if you don't know, Door County is the peninsula between Green Bay and Lake Michigan, and it's just north woods, pine, um, incredible cherry orchards, apple orchards everywhere. It's just a great place to be. Um, there's beaches, there's everything to do in Door County in the summer. It's a big time summer destination. But I find it to be the most peaceful and my favorite time of year to go there in the winter when it's a little bit, you know, not so crowded, not so crazy. Um, You know, most of the businesses are still open, but with limited hours. But it's just a really peaceful, beautiful place to be. And every time something tragic has happened in my life, that's where I go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's kind of become our uh, our getaway from home. It's what about a five hour drive thereabouts real easy. Yeah. Not too bad at all. Depending on where you are in the city, I'm coming from way out South. So, um, yeah, about five hours, just a terrific, terrific trip. I could not have had, it could not have been more satisfied with it. Um, Addie got, she has a cold. So that sort of dampered it a little bit last night, but she rallied and was able to swim in the pool in the hotel twice, um, since last night. So she's, she's doing okay. Um, but it was great. It was great. It was just what I needed, and I'm feeling a refreshed and, and happy, and I've also had some time to, you know, reflecting time, which is needed when these things happen, and uh, I had that. So all, all in all, very good. I, I'm very happy we did it. We did it kind of on a whim, you know, like, ah, maybe we should do this, and then we just bit the bullet and did it, and that's kind of our new philosophy because you never know, you know. You never know when this is going to be taken from you, so with that in mind, we're just sort of uh, – saying yolo as long as we can afford it as long as we can justify it we're gonna do it guess so man that's awesome i mean that's yeah i i had a a relaxing weekend as well i didn't get to do anything cool like go to door county but my wife and i recently bought hammocks like hammocks that you can like basically stuff in a bag and bring anywhere you go and i literally have gone out three times this weekend enjoying the weather just throwing the hammock up, laying by the river, eating lunch. Good God. Just, ugh. I wish I could do that every <laughs> freaking day. Well, it's great timing. I mean, damn, the weather has been outstanding. It was good in Door County. 
it was like 45 to 50, which is pretty nice for up there this time yep. of year. But down here, I know it was phenomenal. We, I, It's funny. We were actually fortunate enough to catch some traffic by O'Hare, so we put the windows mm-hmm. down, and we're very pleased with what we found. It was great. Yes, so. it, it was fantastic weather. And, hey, you know what? It, it kind of made the bye week a little bit better because you actually got to, like, go outside and do stuff. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And, boy, it's funny. You know, sometimes the grind of the season can get to you, and I'm sure it's not just me and you who have to do this for work a little bit, but also for fans when we all know the ultimate prize starts, you know, in April when the playoffs start, when the real season begins. So the regular season can feel like a bit of a grind, but, man, that long of a stretch without hockey, that was getting to me. I really, really wanted a game. I really wanted it. And you saw the Hawks kind of take it to the Oilers and not win the Cam Talbot game. It will be known as throughout hockey history. Or until next week. And then uh, yeah. another real solid, you know, 60-minute victory over the Sabres last night. Oh, and a decent man. team, they too. Look, yeah, and they looked really good. And they looked good in key areas against that team, too. They showed the graphic at the beginning of the game where the Sabres had the second-best power play in the NHL. And the Blackhawks have, like, the third-worst penalty kill. And the penalty kill was money last night. They looked really good. I loved what Dennis Rasmussen did on the penalty kill. He is everything I hoped for in terms of a guy who forechecks and just ruins, ruins passes at the top of the point. That is something you really need to do in order to disrupt an offense. Marion Hosa looked really good on the penalty kill. Really liked what Nick Jalmerson brought to the party. And, of course, you can't talk about the penalty kill and the defensive effort without bringing up Scott Darling, who made some awesome saves last night. It just was – the all the attention went to the goals, but to me the big takeaway from last night was how good the Blackhawks looked defensively in those key situations. Well, especially in the third period, because you saw Joel Quenville mentioned it uh, probably about midway through the second for the coach's interview, just said, you know, we're doing some good things offensively, but we're a little loose defensively, letting up too many chances, too many quality chances. And once the third period started, I, I think – Towards the end of the third, I think the Hawks had only allowed four shots on goal that entire period. Um, but yeah. I don't know what it finished at, but it was something very close to that. And you mentioned Marion Hosa. How about him last night? It, was, it almost looked like he was just sort of having fun. Like, oh, let me see how many guys I can skate through, skate around, and keep the puck away from. <laughs> he was just out there on another level, man. And I lo- every now and again, I mean, he's always sort of like that. But every now and again, you'll see him just sort of flex his muscle a little bit and say, look what I can do. I probably could pass this puck right now, but I'm not going to. I'm going to put it through your legs. I'm going to put it over your head. I'm going to put it you know, through your soul and make you look as ridiculous <laughs> as I can on the ice. And then if you happen to take it away from me, I'm going to go back, take it from you again, and do it again. And this is going to happen, and you're going to watch it happen, and you're going to like it because I'm marrying F and Hosa, and you're not. That's, You know what? He has basically been doing that all season. And not to you know be too self-promoting, but I was on the score the other night with Hub Arkish. And- Never heard of it. He asked me he asked me about Marion Hosa and how he's been playing this season and he's like seems like he's been slowing down a bit lately and I I don't see it man I still see the same aggressive player that we've seen all season he is thriving not having to play as many minutes as he used to when he was playing top line right. minutes all the time mm-hmm. I think it's been a huge key for him and add in the long off season that he had to kind of recover this is the Marion host of the Blackhawks have to have if they're going to be successful this year, and they're getting well, it. Well, you're right. I haven't seen him slowing down. I guess it, I guess I was trying to think of what he could have meant when he said that. I, I think he meant more like he kind of was regressing in terms of scoring. Yeah, like the he, pace. The pace of his kind scoring. kind of slowed down. Yeah, yeah. But, and to be fair, like, you can't – it was unsustainable. He was never going to be able to continue at that pace, I didn't think. So, I mean, that to me, like, I think that's kind of what he was driving at is that the – the goals were drying up just a little bit, but he's still doing all the other things well that he needs to do well, whether it's defensively or, like you said, just toying with dudes and clowning them when he has the puck. It's ridiculous watching him. Well, do see, that. it's funny though because the only thing that was a concern to anyone was the fact, you know, could he score at the pace we we're used to anymore? And now he leads the team with 21 goals. And again, yes, a lot of those came very early in the season, but the rest of his game has not dropped off. And if he can sort of sustain. The pace he's at now, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. And, and uh, like you said, on a third line, thriving with fewer minutes, um, with less, I guess, you, I don't want to say attention paid to him, but he's not up against the opponent's top checkers all the time. 
you know, mm-hmm. so he, or second best checkers even. He's out there with a line that's not totally a threat to score in the minds of the opponent, and that's given him a little more space and a little bit of better matchups personally. And, uh, man, last night he was just that, – that's the Marion Hosa. You want to say, you know, someone comes down from outer space and says, tell me about Marion Hosa, you just show him that vi- game video and, and you got the story. That's – you saw everything that that guy does well last night. It's really adding into the narrative that's been coming lately that the Blackhawks, they're deeper than they were last year, and you're seeing it now. You're seeing line combinations that work, and it's not just the Patrick Kane and Artemi Panarin show this season. And that was absolutely what they needed to do, and it's been absolutely critical. And you're seeing guys like Marion Hosta have rebound years. You're seeing a lot of the young kids like Ryan Hartman and Nick Schmaltz really looking good right now. Even guys like Richard Panic still looks really good. It's crazy. Like, they're getting production out of everyone, and the scoring issues they were having last season where they literally couldn't get a goal from anyone but the top three guys, it's not happening anymore. They're spreading the scoring out, and teams are finding it's really difficult to defend against them. And, yeah, they've still got some flaws, but, damn, they got some strengths too. Well, see, it's funny. Going into this year and early when we sort of questioned the team's offensive depth, we didn't know quite what we had in Dennis Rasmussen and Ryan Hartman and Vinny Henestroza and Nick Schmaltz now, who's really come into his own uh, since his second, you know, since he was recalled after being sent down. He's a different guy. And I spoke with Brian Campbell uh, last week out in uh, Downers Grove for my On the Glass appearance, and he said that, that he was a different player when he came back from Rockford. That Nick Schmaltz was a different guy, completely yep. a different player. Speaking of On the Glass, I am with Nick Schmaltz on Friday at Riley's Daughter in Oakland, that's 111th in Pulaski. So coming out and meet Nick Schmaltz. That event starts at 7 p.m., wraps up around 8.30, and you can win Hawks tickets. Those are hard to get, you know. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And I, I really wish I wasn't covering regional basketball. Otherwise, I would totally go to that. I actually would be very interested to hear what a, man, what a Nick Schmaltz has to say about uh, the way he's come alive really lately. Yeah, he's. you can see it. You can see it in his game. He's just a lot more confident. It's funny, you know, when you think about it, in a game as fast as hockey, a split second can mean the difference between a good play and a bad play, right? A moment Correct. of hesitation can make the difference in a spectacular goal versus something that just completely falls apart. And you've seen <laughs> Schmaltz with uh, – I, I, I hesitate to call it confidence because it feels like a cop-out. It's something that too many – uh, sports talking heads used to sort of um, say something they don't know how else to explain. But I really do think that that's the word here, is he knows that he belongs here now. He has gone and fixed the things he needed to fix. He's playing on the top line with Jonathan Taves, and he has revitalized that line. It's been yes. him. Jonathan yep. Taves is scoring now. Richard Panic. well, he's not scoring, but he's hitting – He's missing wide open nets, and that's a good thing oh, when the net is wide open. Typically, <laughs> even though he didn't, even though he didn't put those shots home last night that should have resulted in goals, I liked his game. Anyway. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I just wanted to throw that out there. He once again hitting everything that moves on defense and then on offense, creating chances constantly. Jonathan Taves has to be thanking his lucky stars right now that finally. He found a pair of line mates that are really clicking and really helping him take his game to the level that we're used to seeing from him. That, that to me, might be one of the biggest stories of the season so far has been the fact that Jonathan Taves has finally found this grouping that's really helping him succeed. With that said, how do you feel headed into the playoffs with that as your top line? Do you feel that that's a strong enough line to contend? I, I think that if they continue to get the scoring that they've gotten from Marion Hossa. And if the second line of Kane, Anisimov, and Panarin continues to produce at the level that we know they can produce at, I think you can do that as a top line because you're going to have teams that are going to struggle to game plan how exactly they're going to stop those lines. Like, you can't have your top defensive pairing on the ice all the time. And if you have scoring production coming out of two or three lines... That's a hell of a bonus to have, and I think it really will help take some of the pressure off of Schmaltz and Panic. And I really think that the key is just going to be to continue getting the production out of each of those groups. 
it can't go back to being a one-man show again. Right. If it if it comes down to it, if Marion Hosa stops scoring, that makes it easier. You might have to change some stuff up, but I think right now you continue rolling with that line and you feel good about it. And if that continues to the playoffs, then that's good news for the Blackhawks. Well, and that's always been the thing that's been a difference between the Blackhawks and the teams they've played against for Stanley Cups is that depth. They just have they have had in 2010, 2013, 2015 depth that other teams can't match and that's been their secret uh, uh, you know obviously they have world-class talent in the core that we all talk about all the time but at the same time it's not just those guys you know teams like the capitals and um the kings who have won a couple cups obviously and the wild have some world-class talent but there's a big drop off from the top to the bottom now you're seeing mm-hmm. with this hawks team with the emergence of the guys we mentioned, Hartman, Caro, Schmaltz, Panic, those sort of guys have sort of rounded up, rounded out the talent in the bottom. And now, like you said, there's three or four lines that are a threat to score every time they're on the ice. Meanwhile, you've still got guys like Andrew Desjardins, Jordan Tutu, that can come in and fill in in the lineup when maybe one of those young kids slows down or hits a rough patch or needs, you know, to take a break or whatever. You've got that depth in the organization on the roster now that can come up and sort of spell those guys or help them out if things start to struggle a little bit. So they're in really good shape. I do still think they're going to do something at the deadline. Um, Boy, I don't know what it's going to be. They do seem pretty happy, and everything Stan Bowman has said seems to indicate he's not going to go do anything major like last year with Andrew Ladd or anything like that. But well, I there do... isn't an Andrew Ladd really on the market right now, is there? Well, I I think a lot of Hawks fans are pining for Patrick Sharp. I, I've been Not sort gonna of... Not going to happen, yeah. and it shouldn't happen. I agree. The dude's done. I, I don't... Uh, you know, if he wants to come back here next year and do what Brian Campbell did and God play for a million... I'll take, I'll take that. Sure, absolutely. But if you think adding Patrick Sharp to this mix now is going to make the Hawks a hell of a lot better, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. So, um, And you know what that's going to mean is... Q is going to inherently trust Sharp over someone younger who may have earned the time and earned the look. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, Patrick Sharp was was great when he was here. There's no question about it. But his better days are behind him. He's uh, constantly banged up. He's a hit away from probably being out for the season with all the concussions he's had. So um, that's not a name I'm looking at. I know Hawks fans are nostalgic about it. I know they want their guy back, and I understand it. But, um I just don't think it's the right fit right now. To me, unless you can go out and get a guy like Thomas Tartar or, you know, whatever, like somebody of that level where it's like they're young enough that they could potentially be a future piece, I'm not giving up a crap ton for any of the guys that are out there. I'm not looking to give up a first-round pick and more to get Martin Hansel. No, I'm not. No. I'm, I'm not looking to give up a bunch of stuff to get Jerome Ginla from the Avalanche. I'm not... I'm just not feeling a lot of the guys on the market. Like, maybe a lower-key acquisition, like a Patrick Eves kind of guy. I could see, like, adding somebody like that to the team. Sure. But I'm not I'm not looking for the Blackhawks to make a big splash. I don't really think they need to at this point. I think that they certainly can add. I mean, I'm not saying they're a perfect roster. They're not. But I think the point is no one else has a perfect roster either. You're right. So yeah, that to me, whatever you can do to improve the team without jeopardizing your future by giving up too many assets, I think would be a win. Well, the other problem too is that you can't acquire anyone with a high contract without giving something else up, mm-hmm. and that's not again like Jerome McGinley has been the name we've talked about. Eh, am I giving up someone I like to get Jerome McGinley here? I mean, if it's for a if it's for a fourth-round pick, okay, but I don't know how that money works. And I know they've been doing some things to make every possible penny available at the right. deadline, but I I don't know. I think you're right. Someone like Patrick Eves, who's not a huge name, but can come in and add uh, stability and depth to the lineup. Again, the top six is pretty much established. If Richard Panic starts to you know, fall off a little bit, Marion Hosa goes right back up there, no problem. Exactly right? what they would do. Of course. Now, barring injury, of course, this all goes without saying, if someone gets hurt between now and the 28th, those things sort of change. But um, I just don't see the Hawks going out and, and giving up a kid they like, like a Henestrosa, like a Schmaltz, like a Hartman, uh, for a rental. There's no way. Like you said, Thomas Tatar, 
that's got to come here and play for a couple of years if you can figure out that money. Sure. Yeah. Then I start. Then I would think about it. But I'm in no hurry to just to do a, a rental again. I'm just not. Yeah, and you got to realize that a lot of times when these like bigger names are being attached to the Blackhawks, like when the you know Landeskog or Duchesne rumors were on, for example. Who, who's the first guy that instantly was included in any of those trades? It was Ryan Hartman or Nick Schmaltz, and I'm not, I'm not giving up either of those guys for that kind of a contract situation because you're putting yourself in absolute hell next year if you do that. So I don't know, man. I, I I'm looking more at keeping a lot of the guys that they have and making a kind of a lower level move. Like I said, I think Patrick Eves would check a lot of boxes you're looking for a, a type of player like him or a PA Parento kind of player, basically. You're not looking for an Andrew Ladd this season. You're looking for a boost, not a huge new piece. Well, Patrick Eves, by the way, no slouch. Just looking up his numbers here, 21 goals, 11 of those on the power play. Um, that's an effective player. That's a dude that's going to make your team better without a doubt. It's not like just sort of adding another Andrew Desjardins or Jordan Tutu. Uh, this is a guy that, that can play. And, uh, probably wouldn't cost as much to bring as one of those big name players that right we were that's exactly what i meant he's not gonna come with the price tag as some of the higher profile guys he's quietly having a really strong season and i think that i think the blackhawks might be able to do something is he on an expiring by the way i believe so yes i, I believe that's the is. case yep Oh, because that, that I think that was, that's that been part of the reason there's been kind of a groundswell of people interested in maybe bringing him here, and I, I'll happily put my name on that list. I feel like that's definitely something the Blackhawks should consider. I'm just looking up his contract right now. He is a $1 million deal for this year, <laughs> free God, agent after cheap. this year. He will be an unrestricted free agent when this year ends. How do you think Patrick Eves would feel about a high-profile playoff run on a team that's won three Stanley Cups and could be headed to their fourth, uh, had an unrestricted free agency. That's a dude that, 32 years old, probably on the wrong side, but I feel like he's a young 32, hasn't yeah. been in the league a really long time. Um, so he's got some, probably a little more mileage than your typical 32-year-old. Um, boy, I think for him to go and have a nice playoff showing, if he can have an Andrew Shaw-type playoff, dude can make himself 4 or $5 million plus in this offseason. So. One, one of my uh, secret weapons when I used to play NHL 13 and I did the franchise mode, I ended up getting him, and he he just always ended up being a huge bargain, and he would score a ton of goals. It was fantastic. So the video game nerd in me is actually really excited about this as well. Ooh, see, I like that. I like that. As a, see, we've been giving our listeners homework assignments. I like this as a homework assignment for this week. Oh, the secret weapon. Yes. yes. I would love to hear that. Who is your NHL video game series secret weapon? A guy that's a little off the radar of most hockey players or most hockey fans or most sports fans in general or people that would play the game at all. Boy, I'm trying to think of who mine was. Man, I'm because we used to play. What was the one with Eric Lindros on the cover? 96? Oh, I, like, I, I think it was. I think I thought '96 had like Sergei Fedorov on the cover. I think Lindros may have been like '97 or '98. Yeah, boy, I'm trying to think of who mine would be. That's a good question. I, I'm going to give myself the homework assignment because I need to think of it myself. The trick cool. is, at least back in the day, was you find someone with a lot of speed, and uh-huh. even if they don't, you know, even if they're not a great player in the league, as long as they're fast, they're going to get a ton of chances in that game. So I, I would always get. Speedy forwards and big defensemen, because then the speedy forwards get the puck moving up the ice when the bigger defensemen hammer the crap out of the guy with the puck and knock him over. <laughs> so that, that that was always the key to my success in running an NHL video game franchise. So any teams out there that are looking for a GM, that I just gave you my operating philosophy right there. All right, well, I think I just thought of one. Um, I don't know if this counts because he's starting to become more well-known, but for the last three or four years when I've played that hockey ultimate team, my guy has been um, has been Cam Atkinson. Ah, yes. A perfect yeah. example, little guy, you know, good shooter, all those little things, but not a lot of people have heard of him. You can find him pretty cheap on the Hut Marketplace. That's been my guy. I make sure he's on my team all the time. Meanwhile, I have my, what, three or four-year uh, journey still trying to get Pavel Buray on my team. I can't do it. <laughs> 
I just can't find them in the card packs, and I can't save up enough coins to buy them. It's just ridiculous, and it's frustrating. And if the people from NHL are listening, I've been a an annual buyer since 1993. I'd like to see a Pavel Bure hut player in my inbox, please. Thank you. I also- I did. I did want to mention something to you. You and I had talked about potentially doing a video game tournament of some sort, yes. whether it be NHL '94, which I think you had mentioned, or I had said something about Blades of Steel. I went to a bar in West Chicago a couple of days ago called Cairo and played Blades of Steel, and it was fantastic. Did you have that, to stop that, the game and blowing it for it to work, and then? No, no. Their <laughs> their Nintendo is in pristine condition really good nice. like they, they had uh mike tyson's punch out they had several other games but naturally being the guy that i am i had to play blades of steel and beat the crap out of edmonton because that's just how i rolled all right well yeah. you had to do it the hawks couldn't do it the other night so it was you, you had to take it upon yourself and i, I did appreciate a darn that. good job too all right well before we move on i want to tell our listeners about something cool that's going on for the next two weeks um, there's a company called 26 shirts, uh, that reached out to me uh, a couple weeks ago when they heard about my sister's passing. What 26 shirts does is every couple weeks they release a campaign to raise funds for families in need or good causes or anything along those lines. So the shirts are $24 and $8 goes directly to the charity of your choice. The rest goes, you know, between the production costs and the artist fees and things like that. But $8 goes directly to, um, for my sister who passed away, it's going to go to the Rush Hospital Epilepsy Center. Um, So if you want to buy one of those 26 shirts, it's a real cool shirt. It's got sort of a schoolhouse rock look to it, the design. And it says Madhouse and Madison. And it shows the crowd in sort of an oval shape looking onto the stadium floor. And it's half Bulls and half Blackhawks. It's a really cool looking shirt. Again, it's $24 uh, with, you know, give or take uh, change here or there shipping things like that but eight dollars goes directly to my sister's i guess our charity um if you don't know if you're kind of in and out of the podcast my sister passed away november uh 19th um she had battled with epilepsy for probably more than a decade had a seizure in her shower and was knocked unconscious and dot 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 fill in the blanks she's no longer with us it's been it was a month yesterday um still not any easier still not any more normal but we're trying to get by and uh, we're trying to raise money for this hospital that did everything they could to make her life more livable. And they did. They did a great job for her. So we'd like to thank them. And if, again, if you'd like to donate, check out my Twitter. Check out the Madhouse Podcast Twitter. My Twitter is at jzawoski670. Or the podcast Twitter is at madhousepod. Buy one of those shirts if you'd like to support the cause. If you'd like to just donate directly, uh, hit me up. I've tweeted the link a couple times. I'll tweet the direct link to Rush if you'd rather do it that way too. Um, it's been great so far. Um, before this shirt campaign started, we had already raised 1500 hours from people just donating to my sister's link. It's absolutely incredible. A lot of listeners of the podcast have chipped in. So I want to say thank you to them. But again, if you want to get one of these cool shirts, check it out. 26 shirts.com, uh, and check out the link directly on my Twitter or the show's Twitter page. Yes, I would definitely advise everybody to take advantage of that and purchase a shirt. I will definitely be doing that. I didn't realize the campaign had gone live today until Jay mentioned it, so my my wallet will be opening very shortly. Well, I didn't realize either because I was on vacation. <laughs> and Mike, who is uh, one of the guys in charge of the site, sent me a message a couple days ago and said, Hey, I want you to take a look at this. It's about to go live. And I said, Yep, that looks good. There's one little typo I made on the little bio there, so we fixed that. And then it went live today, so I just tweeted it out um, probably around 7 o'clock p.m. on uh, Monday night, and uh, so it'll be up there for two weeks. So help out if you'd like. Again, if you'd like to just donate regularly, I'll tweet out that link as well, but uh, I'd appreciate your support one way or the other. We always do. You guys have always come through for us with anything, and especially with this, which is obviously so near and dear to my heart and my family's heart. Anything you guys can do to help would be appreciated but not expected. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Man, well, we're we, behind on our reads. I got to tell people about Marishka's. Yeah, I feel like we we actually went really deep into this podcast without doing any of them. So 
Yeah, good hockey conversation. We did a thing, Jay. We did do a thing. We talked hockey. <laughs> we Thank God. <laughs> we've only we've only had two uh, we've only had two uh, games to talk about too. So come on. True. Very right. true. Marishka's, by the way, written up in the Herald News this week. I saw that. Ten local restaurants to get a great burger in Will County. Marishka's right there on that list. So go check them out. Six hundred four Theodore Street, and Crest Hill, just west of Route fifty three eight one five seven two three. 9371. They're family owned and operated at the same spot since 1933. They have hand cut products in their own butcher shop, including their steaks, the aforementioned burgers, and of course, the world famous Poor Boy Sandwich, which is the greatest thing you'll ever consume in your entire life. They serve the highest quality of steaks, seafood, and chops, and numerous homemade items made fresh in house, including their onion rings and double baked potatoes. James's favorite, the Icelandic cod hand cut oh, on premises. Yeah. A full carryout menu, a full bar with craft beer, banquet facilities for groups up to 110 people. So visit them at marishkas.com and check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're open seven days a week and close only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. We love them. They're our bestest friends in the whole world. They had, they had some good launch specials this week. I may I may have to get up there either on Thursday. I think they've got like a steak that day, and then Friday I think is uh, chicken parmesan. So I think I might make a trip to Marishka's this week. Yeah, you know I'm overdue. I'm overdue. I'm, I'm gonna I might head out there this weekend. I got to see what's going on. I feel I, I bad. Feel like we're, I feel like we're always overdue because well, you, you like if you go, go if you went yesterday, you're overdue. I mean duh. that's <laughs> yeah by definition. You should go every day. So, but we—I haven't been there. I haven't been there since our event. Wow. I, you mean I've been there more recently than you have? Holy crap! Yeah, definitely. Go, I, it's go been, me. Yeah, you know, we bought a house and everything. I don't know. You're, you know, you have been yeah, doing nothing basically heard, with your but life. Jay bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> have I used that excuse enough? Now that we've been here for three months, four months. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. I thought we were going to do a podcast in your house today, and then you were like, "Oh, let's just do a podcast tonight." Oh, Don't we'll do call. one here. Not today. We gotta. We just got home. We got home like three hours ago. So um, there's nothing ready to do today. But um, okay. I think next week we're gonna do one here. Thank God I can come get my beer and my cookies. Yeah. That, see, that's all it's about. You just want your Girl Scout cookies and your uh, your spotted cow that I brought you home. You're damn right. <laughs> well, of course I want that. Good, and good. It's good reason. It's a good reason <laughs> to do it. I'm not. I'm not chastising you at all. Trust me. Thank God. All right, we gotta tell her. We gotta tell him about Triple Threat too. Good God! Yeah. I know we're we're already what uh, thirty five minutes into this thing, and I haven't done anything yet. Yeah, you haven't. You have not told our friends about the awesome services that Triple Threat Sports provides, and I feel like that's something you must rectify now. Well, when you want to go get your Patrick Eves Blackhawks jersey, or your Thomas Tatar Blackhawks jersey, or your Michael Rosaval Blackhawks jersey. You know the best place to get it is at Triple Threat Sports. That's not a question. But if you have a team, softball, hockey, whatever, you're on it, your kid's on it, and you need to outfit that team, Triple Threat Sports is the way to go there as well. Uh, They can outfit travel teams, beer league teams, however many you need, they can help you out. They'll help you with every aspect of the job from designing the logo to the fitting of the equipment and the uh, jerseys. The apparel for off the ice, you name it, they will help you out. You know, it's not just hockey either. You can get it for baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, and more. So for more info, call Chris at 708-478-6090. That's 708-478-6090. Or email him for more info at chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. All right, so we're all caught up on ads. Yeah, I feel like we, we did a good job getting those all you know, knocked out. Well and we'd done, like sir. to thank Chris, by the way, for producing the shirts that you can get if you donate to our podcast on our Patreon site. That's oh, Patreon. you said we were done. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, you got to get it in. Uh, 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 phrasing. It's patreon.com slash madhousepod. I'm very distracted right now. I'm sorry. God. <laughs> uh, something just happened in my basement that I was not expecting. And, well, you're uh, getting it in. Clearly, that's what you just said. I'm what now? You said you said get it in, which I instantly yelled phrasing repeatedly. Yeah, that's so. not happening yet, but it will after what just happened. Eh. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! I 
this thing. Anyway, we were doing so well, Jay. <laughs> That's patreon.com slash madhouse pod. We, we were having such a good. <laughs> Donate and I'll send you pics. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were doing so well. I know. And it's all just gone comically off the rails. What the hell happened? It was so professional. Wasn't oh. it? Oh, we, one, it's like you remember the old uh, sports center commercial where they were making fun of the anchors they were trying to have a perfect show and like they wouldn't talk to like rich eisen while he was doing whatever and then he <laughs> flubs a line and everyone's like freaking out like oh he blew the perfect show yeah like that's kind of what we just did well, we were having the perfect show and we blew it I, blame my wife on that one not me i had nothing to do with it i was just here i will I will never blame Hope for anything ever. Delivering a high-quality so, podcast, and things were revealed that I was not expecting to be revealed. That's all I'm saying. Wow. All right. I'm not complaining, however. Oh, good God. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is a great show. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Come on. Bye. This is what the people want. Again, yeah. patreon.com slash madhousepod if you want more red-hot content like this. <laughs> We're slapping the NSFW tag on this thing again. Uh, yeah. Well, you know. Well, well, you had to last week when I dropped my huge F bomb. That was good. You know what's funny too? The uh, initial if you're a, if you're an early downloader, you got the uncensored version. Very. And then nice. I waited till the next morning to go in and beep that. So the late night crowd got the uncensored James F bomb, and then the later crowd did not. So. Oh uh, well. Early bird gets the worm or the f bomb. I guess that's what we should see. The that's the thing. Goes. We should do something like some of the other podcasts I listen to, just for scouting purposes. Um, they uh, when they use Patreon, they always have like special things for just their donors, right? So maybe Ooh. maybe the donors get the un like the unfiltered, uh, the uncensored version or something like that. Is there a way we can do that? Um, like that that would actually be awesome. No, I don't think there's a way I can get them like a special version. The only way, hmm. I still think what we need to do is have like some type of party just for Patreon donors. I agree. That's going to happen. Like that will definitely yeah, happen. That, that I think we can do. Yeah, we'll make that happen for sure. For sure. And we'll we'll buy you beers with the money you gave us. Hey, <laughs> we said it's for the podcast. We didn't say yeah, what we were going to use it for. We, did. <laughs> we said it was going to be for the advancement of the podcast, and that's exactly what it would be. Exactly. If we bought yes. beer for our listeners, that is advancing the podcast. And, and I honestly don't feel like anyone would be offended if we did that. I think they'd be offended if we didn't. I agree with you. You know what? I'm glad that we have such a good understanding of how the minds of our listeners work. Speaking of that, I got a trade request from Ginger Burger today. Ginger Burger? It was, uh, I probably should have taken this, but I felt like just saying no to him. He offered me Tarasenko and Ryan Johansson for Patrick Kane. I would have taken yeah, that. Yeah, I probably should have, but I'm in first place. I don't know if I've mentioned that lately. And uh, I, I wanted to stay there. I didn't set my lineup all week last week. I'm doing a really bad job of that. Well, when you fall so, so, so far out of contention, it's hard to find the the will to dress your team anymore. To be fair, I was in fourth place, and that's like repeatedly not setting my lineup. So. Third loser. I'm actually in fourth Whatever. place in the uh, Madhouse Hockey 2. I'm in fourth. That, yeah, that's the league I'm doing well in. The other league, I God, I don't want to talk about it. The other league, Madhouse Hockey 1, I'm in the first place. I have been all year. My record, yep. 99, 52, and 19. Wire to wire, Come man. on. That's a good team. You want to hear that roster? Yeah, no, I don't, actually. actually. I don't think anyone cares. Anyway. Yeah, I think people care. Uh, Claude Giroux, Alex Barkov, James Van Riemsdyk, Patrick Marlowe, William Nylander, the suspended Gustav Nyquist. Eric Carlson, Brian Campbell, Dustin Bufflin. Should have been suspended a hell of a lot longer than he was, by the <laughs> yes. way. Yes. John Carlson, Joe Thornton, Jonas Brodeen, Wayne Simmons, my fantasy cheat. I love that guy. I, I have him in the other league, so I completely understand what you're talking about. Alex Radulov, Devin Dubnik, and Sergei Bobrovsky. That's how you build championships, my friend. Yeah, and I can't wait for you to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Well, you know, it's, a dry, I, it's, a, it's the bounce of the puck. That's exact. Well, you know what? That's how fantasy sports work. Look at me talking out both sides of my mouth. Like, eh, I'm great, but I could lose at any moment. I apologize if you guys just heard my phone randomly dial a number for no reason. I don't know what happened. You have a ghost. Apparently. Yep. That's the only. Yeah. Uh, 
That's the only explanation, the only explanation that I, I can think possibly of. come up with. Yeah. To say hi to it for me. I, I I will. Yes. Holy crap! I'm in second place in Madhouse Hockey too. I'm doing better than I thought. <laughs> and I and I am in I am in eighth place in Madhouse Hockey one. Oof. All right. Well, yeah, not good. I'm gonna catch up. I'm gonna start paying attention to two and start to make some roster moves. I haven't been, I haven't been manipulating my roster because my team's been doing so well. It's like it's not, yeah, if pro- it ain't broke, don't fix it. The problem I keep running into in uh, Madhouse One, and I know it's an excuse, yada yada. I keep getting injuries, man. Injuries are killing me. Well, that's you know, that's just that's and I know that's how fantasy goes. I totally get it, but it's just the reality of my situation right now. All right, now that we've lost our audience completely. Um, well, yeah, because we're talking about, again, <laughs> crap they don't care about. Exactly. Back to the stuff they care about. Yay! Um, I got to tell you, this is really funny. My thing with Brian Campbell last week, um, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. The microphone cord, like, just snapped. So we had mm-hmm. to troubleshoot it. So usually for the On the Glass events, we do the Q&A first and then the autographs. But this time we did... Let's do the autographs, and then we'll do a quick Q&A at the end of the night and let everybody go. So as we're doing the autograph session, people are coming up to him. And I would say there was a crowd, probably about 150 people there. This was at another round in Downers Grove. Cool place. Great place. And I would say two-thirds of them asked him about the Soup and the Sandwich series. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not about the Stanley Cup that he won. Not about, you know, the big contract he signed and... Being traded, being booed in San Jose and booed in Buffalo and all those things. No. Which, why? I why know. is he still booed? The, it's so I dumb. Get the, I get the Buffalo one, I guess. But the San I Jose don't. thing, you're a trade deadline acquisition. You choose to go to free agency. Like, he owed the Sharks nothing. Not a thing. Like, the Sabres are at least a team where he started his career and, and, you know, built things up. And, you know, okay. I can see that they'd be a little butthurt that he didn't stay there. But the Sharks, got, they have nothing. I'm trying to think of an equivalent of that. Like, did uh, the Hawks fans get mad at Chris Campoli because he didn't sign here? Like, after a playoff failure? Like, what is the, what's the comp here for the Blackhawks? Mm. Andrew Burnett? Like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> remember that whole thing? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Marty Reasoner. Oh, God. Marty Turco. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, did, uh, what? Okay. Can you do me a favor, Jay? Yes. You generally have a better memory with this kind of thing than I do. Mm-hmm. Marty Reisner was traded to the Blackhawks, and then what happened to him? Uh, hmm. Let's look that up. Didn't he get traded again? Like, I'm trying to remember. Like, it was a weird thing. I I don't remember him ever playing for the Blackhawks. Like, I know he, okay. he came over, I think it was in the Bufflin trade. He never played a game for the Hawks. You're right. Yeah, he got traded to the Blackhawks in the Bufflin trade, and then I think to the Panthers. he got traded. He got yeah, he got traded like literally a month later. You're right about that. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. All right, let's look this up. Now I'm fascinated. <laughs> let's see. I I'm kind of curious, like what the trade was. Let's see if like the Google has not just deleted it from its history. Google does not acknowledge that this thing happened. No, like I seriously just hit search and it just was like, nope. Nah. I'm not looking for that. <laughs> get, I have better get, things to do right now. Find a better <laughs> use for your time. <laughs> All right. Oh what was your favorite Here memory of the Marty Reisner era? July 22nd. <laughs> Marty Reisner's stay with, with the Chicago Blackhawks didn't even last a month as the Veterans Center was traded to the Florida Panthers for center Jeff... Tafe. There it is. Yes. <laughs> that guy's been on every team in history. Yes, he has. And if I'm not mistaken, Jeff Tafe never played a game for the Hawks either. I do, I believe you are correct. I don't think he played a single game in Chicago. Oh, my God. Let's see. Jeff Tafe. Zero goal. Well, it's got him playing. Oh, man. He actually pl- he played oh one God. game for the Blackhawks. One. Wow. <laughs> And what was it a game the last it was. game of his career? <laughs> uh, no, no. He went on to play in every other team. Let's see. Minnesota, Chicago, Florida, Pittsburgh, Arizona, New York, Arizona. Nine-year career. Good God. That's a that's a journeyman right there. And they there. currently have him on the Capitals. 
He's still in the league? Oh, my God. I don't think he's in the league. I think he's... I'll bet he's still... Let's look him up. He's probably still playing. This is riveting. No, I have to know right now. now. I think this is riv- See, this stuff is interesting. Actually, like, yes. whatever happened to this guy? I feel like, yeah, like, the, the rabbit hole thing, I think, is actually kind of cool. So, I'm sure people will indulge us as we do this. Oh, my God. Holy cow. Okay, right now he's in the cage. The last two years he's been in the KHL. Uh-huh. The Blackhawks were his last NHL stop, where he did play one game, like we said. Oh, no, he played for the Wild. He played five games for the Wild in 2011-2012. So, the Rochester Mustangs, University of Minnesota, Phoenix Coyotes, Springfield Falcons, Phoenix Coyotes, Utah Grizzlies, Coyotes, Rangers, Wolfpack, Rampage, Coyotes, likes the Coyotes a lot, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins, Pittsburgh Penguins, Wilkes-Barre again, Rochester Americans, Florida Panthers, Rockford Ice Hawks, Chicago Blackhawks, Houston Arrows, Minnesota Wild, Hershey Bears, Linko Pings, HC. I'm not going to try this Russian name, Nizemkemsk. I don't know what that is. Uh, and uh, Bratislav Slovan this year. Jeff Tafe, 60 points in 58 games. I'm sorry, that's penalty minutes. 42 oh, points in 58 games. This is pretty good. Come on. He's having a good year in Russia. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about figure out the stats, man. Come on. Right, well, you know, it's hockey DB on my phone. What do you want from me? I think it's, I think we've reached a point where, where we acknowledge we're ready for emails. That, I I felt like that, that 20 minutes uh, ago. segment that segment actually went a lot better than I thought it was going to. Oh, you had low and expectations for once, then. For once, my memory of a Blackhawk who never was actually a Blackhawk pays off because... The Marty Reasoner era had to be brought up. That just, it had to be done. I like that. Can it be an error if it never happened? <laughs> Homework assignment. <laughs> Weigh in on this topic, please. All right, let's go. Ready for the emails? Absolutely. Let's go. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is sponsored by the Black Oaks. Nope, let me start that over. In 321, the email segment is sponsored as always by the Black Oak, the newest addition to the South Suburbs. Nope. The Black Oak is a full service restaurant and tavern located in 9630 South Pulaski in Oak Lawn. The Black Oak serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner with hours from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m., seven days a week, with signature burgers consisting of a proprietary blend of beef brisket, beef chuck, and short rib. And a steak sandwich made from Australian Wigu sirloin. You're sure to love every bite. Make sure you try the wings, the fish tacos. Everything there is awesome. With thir- and drink lots of beer. Oh, well, yeah. The beer is cold and plentiful. Yes. Just the way y'all like it. Mm-hmm. With 13 TVs, you're sure to catch every minute of the Blackhawks. So stop by for an outstanding meal and stay for the great atmosphere. Contact the Black Oak at 708-572-4500. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Black Oak Tavern. The Black Oak, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining. Check them out, 96 and Pulaski. By the way, as I was reading that, I remembered that the Black Oak will frequently show local high school football games live in the place. Right? Like if Brother Rice is playing St. Rita, that's a big one. Then that jarred my memory to something I want to mention. You may have heard, you may have read that uh, Queen of Peace High School, which is located in Burbank, uh, is closing after this year. My sister went there. A lot of my lifelong friends went to high school there. And it looked like uh, all was lost for Queen of Peace. Well, in come my alma mater, the St. Lawrence Vikings, to swoop up Queen of Peace. St. Lawrence is going co-ed. And I cannot be happier. I cannot be more proud that my school, my alma mater, went in in a moment where they're thriving and took a risk, took a chance to help out their sister school. They're located right next door for, from each other. They have been forever. And uh, I know that the alumni were very excited about this possibility, and uh, we're all very happy it's happening. So I'm glad the Queen of Peace, those girls there, will have the chance to finish their career at St. Lawrence. Um, they will be away from the boys until I think 2021, or because they want to respect the fact that some signed up for a, you know, single-sex high school experience. Right. They don't want to force that mm-hmm. on anybody. But um, in four years, they'll be going co-ed, and for the time being, 
They're giving those girls the option of finishing their careers, their high school careers at St. Lawrence, and they could not be more proud of that. It's an awesome gesture. Very cool. Um, again, a big risk, a big risk for St. Lawrence, who had just sort of pulled themselves out from sort of a slump. They've really started thriving athletically and academically lately, and for them to do this, uh, they didn't have to. You know, they certainly could have taken the safe bet and just stuck with the things as status quo, but uh, really, really proud that they chose to do that. Okay, sorry. That's my last digression of the day. But very cool, very well, cool yeah, gesture. we'll see about that. All right. Ready for the emails? Again? Yes, you are. We already asked you this. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mike in Morgan Park. Uh, he says, my question is, what is the valid- validity to Scott Darling in a starting position? His talent level is high, but I see him just as a great backup, and I mean that with no disrespect. Kind of like a reliever starter situation in baseball. He's great when we need him, but I can't really see him having the longevity to play 60-plus games in a season. Going with that, how much in salary will he command coming into free agency, and do the Hawks have any chance in signing him to remain in his current role? I I think that the Blackhawks, if if the market doesn't materialize for Scott Darling, I think they would absolutely bring him back. You don't really have anybody in the minor leagues that's going to jump in and serve as the kind of backup that Scott Darling can. With that being said, I look at it as kind of a Cam Talbot situation where I think eventually he's going to get a starting shot somewhere. So I think this offseason I do think he's going to get a contract to play 50, 55 games for another team. And so with that in mind, I'd probably ballpark his salary, what, Jay, like three, three and a half million maybe? That sounds right. And that could could be... Uh, if he continues to play at the level he is as that a starter, a, a huge bargain, a huge yeah. bargain. I, but I, I think that, I that's a good number. Yeah, I think three to three and a half million. I could see a team giving him that. There are plenty of teams that definitely need goaltending help, so I, I could see that happening. All right, got an email here from uh, Ginger Burger. He calls himself G- "I'm Fat Ginger." He really half-assed it this week. Yeah, that's not great, man. Come yeah, on. he could do better than that. Uh, Bring the heat next he week. He didn't answer our homework assignment, which was, uh, you know, we know where there's brunch, um, but we need to name the meal between lunch and dinner. He said yes. dunch. Simple, succinct, dunch is a winner. Uh, you're all for two on an email, Ginger Burger. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not loving dunch. I think we can do better. No, dunch is terrible. Uh, no, I'm not going to go that far. I just don't. I'm it's gonna. not phenomenal. Like, I'll... I'll give it probably two and a half stars out of five. Out of ten. Okay, great. We agree. <laughs> All right, he's got another question, as usual. Uh, he said, outside of Kane and Taves, this is actually a good question, which of the core guys is most important to the Hawks' success? One for three. See, there you go. He'd be a Hall of Famer in baseball. That's right. So um, aside from those two, who would you say? Corey Crawford. Interesting. I'm going to go with Duncan Keith. I can respect that. But I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think you could even go Jalmerson would even be an acceptable answer, too. Yep, I think I think those are probably the three that I would say can't really be questioned. I think if you go Marion Hosa, I think is obviously quite important. I don't think he reaches the level of those other three. No offense to him. but No, of course not. Yeah, I, just, I think that... Those three guys are absolutely critical to the Blackhawks defensively. So I would pro- I'm going to stick with Crawford, although I think Keith and Jalmerson are both very good options as well. Okay. Uh, Kyle from Nashville has an answer to our homework assignment. Well, thank you. He God. says, Lunner is clearly the name for the meal between lunch and dinner. Lunner. I think we're getting warmer on that. I actually like the way Lunner sounds. Okay. We've got uh, several questions here from Harrison. But he also does a homework assignment. He says Linner. I think I've heard Linner before. Okay. And I'm okay with it. That's probably my leader in the clubhouse. I'm still not satisfied. And I, I also think that it's also... Brunch sounds so lovely. But you all said to brunch. keep in mind, brunch, you're really bringing together two like, disparate, disparate like food types, too. Lunch and dinner, oftentimes, you can eat pretty much the same thing. So It's a solid point by you. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not I'm not looking to reinvent the wheel here. I'm not thinking that this is like a, you know, pressing societal need. But, you know, I do think that we hit on something. We need to find a name for that meal. All right. 
He's got uh, Harrison also has some suggestions for D pairs. Oh God. He says Keith and Seabrook. Oh, Duh. Okay. Please do. Campbell and Jalmerson and Kempney and TVR. I gotta say, Michael Kempney is getting worse. I thought he looked good last night. Did you? His possession numbers looked really good. He had four <sighs> shots on goal. I'm just not. I'm not. I don't know. He's just not fitting for me. I I, I don't know if it's well. The problem if the language the, bear. I know he's not playing enough. And that that there's validity to that. Part of the, yeah. Part of the problem is how the hell are you supposed to get into a groove and play well when you're never playing? Yeah. Well, you're right about that. But you've seen other guys who have been given similar opportunities sort of thrive and figure it out. Well, not not everybody can do that. Not everybody can no, I know. play like a reserve role. A lot of some guys have to play every night to keep their skill set sharp and that's okay different strokes are different folks man i haven't given up on him I, i'm not giving up on the guy but there's a lot of things that while his metrics typically look pretty good um the eye test is just not there's a lot of times where i just find myself staring at the ceiling when he's on the ice. like oh my god what's going on and he oh by the way harrison also likes your pa parento idea boom yes boom nailed it yeah i did a thing all right question here from matt he says, during the TV broadcast, whenever a penalty occurs, they show one team's power play percentage and the other team's penalty kill percentage. Uh-huh. That's nice and all, but I feel like they've left me with an unfinished math problem. Is there a way to use these two numbers together to come up with their chance of scoring on this particular power play? And would it be more accurate to compare how they did in the last 10 power plays or penalty kills? Hmm. hmm. There's got to be a way where they can do like probabilities based on percentages. The problem is you probably, and again, I am horrible at math, so I might be just talking completely out of my ass right now. But I think maybe the best way to do would be against like opponents. You know, like, like power plays against similar opponents. Or, because if you're playing different schedules, you're not going to have the same. It's like one team has inevitably had a tougher go than the other right so you'd have to find a way to compare the teams equally and i don't know if there's a real tangible way of doing that i don't know maybe i'm crazy i do like the idea though of the last 10 because i do think you get in sort of you know you get in peaks and valleys right. on your special teams as the year goes on so we've seen for years like the hawks will have a terrible start to their power play for a year and then all year they're sort of chasing that but it, it does sort of normalize as the year goes on. So I, I, I'm, I'm all for that. And I think that the announcers sometimes will do a good job of mentioning, you know, in the last five games, blah, 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 they've done this and that. So I, I, I think the five-game thing is a pretty uh, – a pretty. It's I think that's a pretty good number to look at. Andrew. Merker. Merker. Not, not a Merkin. Merker. Is he related to Kent? Uh, maybe. Kent's a Jag, though. Ah, oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, and I don't think so. Andrew can't be a Jag. He listens to our podcast. That I, I'm a Jag, and I'm on the podcast. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I agree with Jay, naturally. Oh, God. There are way too many National Pizza Day or insert stupid thing here day. Oh, crap. Really? It's especially idiotic with pizza as every day should be pizza day. <laughs> no, because then when's Taco Day? When's Taco Day, then? Every day also. <laughs> if you had to make a national day to recognize something, what would you choose? Hope you guys have a happy National Gumdrop Day, this February 15th. Cook a Sweet Potato Day, February 22nd. And skip the Straw Day, February 24th. Yeah, see, thank you for illustrating my point here, Andrew. And this segment of Jay Hates Fun is brought to you. What is fun about that? Like, okay, National Pizza Day, do you make sure you go have pizza? No. Of course not. So what's the point? Unless I'm getting free pizza that day, I don't want to hear about it. You know what? I'm going to declare February 20th as Jay Hates Fun Day for the rest of time and eternity. Okay. That's fine. I just, you know, I just wanted and I'm to literally gonna spend. I'm going to spend all day concocting things that I hate. You know what I hate? I hate walks on the beach at sunset. Those things are so overrated and cliched. You know what else I hate? An afternoon at the ballpark during the summer. Who the hell does that? That's different. No, it isn't. You hate everything fun. I hate everything fun. Yes. 
Today is National Hyperbole Day. Jay, Jay hates fun day. Get, <laughs> Starring get the day right. James Naveau. All right, let's answer his question. If we had to make a national day for something, no, what would you I'm make? I'm not going to answer his question. You're... I'm going <laughs> to. Every day is Burrito Day. Oh, for Christ's sake. Oh, Every day. Every damn day. Okay, you know what? No, I actually I actually do have one. I, I... No, you don't get to do it now. Fine, I won't. What do you think about that? I'm just going to beep it if you answer it. We're having a lover's spat. <laughs> think, yeah, it's sort of the first times we've had a fight on the podcast. It's no, something yeah, really. Yeah, we really are like, yeah, no, <laughs> don't do it. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Don't you? Don't you have to go back to making fun of your wife? Shouldn't we hurry this along a little bit? Why would I make fun of her? She flashed me during the podcast. See, oh, see now, now you have explicitly stated what she did instead of dancing around the issue. I appreciate that, Jay. I think it was pretty obvious what happened. I don't. It was obvious, but you didn't say it. Okay, well, I just said it. Yeah. Boobs are shown. Boobs are shown, as always. Boobs are always good. All right, last email of the show goes to Paul in Watsika. Watsika, hey. His first few questions are about the trade deadline. We've addressed those. He does have some segment name suggestions, though. Yes. Uh, He says three stars of the week. Okay, good. Obviously, your top Hawks of the week. Fair okay, enough. We could do that. Yeah. Uh, the Sin Bin, obviously the worst Hawk of the week, but it might get boring considering you're just rotating TVR into Jardins through each week. See, here here, here would be my <laughs> counter to that. Instead of the Sin Bin being the worst Black Hawk of the week, why don't we say something that we feel guilty about doing in the previous week? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's a winner. I, I think that's actually, that could be a really good idea. All right. All right. You said he had other ones, right? Yes, but our homework is to remember to do the sin bin next week. Okay. Because mine might be revealing that my wife flashed me on a podcast. Uh, Um, See, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Back to the future is his other suggestion. A quick recap of potential future Hawks in in Rockford or elsewhere. Draft stuff, etc. I can do that one right now. Congratulations to Alex DeBrincat. Hit 50 goals for the Erie Otters. That's pretty good. Yeah, third third year in a row, I think he's hit fifty goals. If I remember reading that correctly, that's uh, those are. I believe he's the first player to ever do that, too, right? I believe you are correct. And but... it was always sort of thought like, well, he played with McDavid, so he's not as good as you think. Yeah, well, guess what? He's still doing it. Yes, he also says I think these are better segments than Jay hates fun. Oh, I agree. No, I don't hate fun. I hate dumb stuff. Oh uh, yeah. You're mad. He's mad. I am mad. Can't be mad at me. I'm going to have to go back to Door County if you get mad at me. Oh, yeah. Like, that'd be the worst thing in the world. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. I'd like to go there, though, for something that, like, just go because I want to go. Fair Instead enough. Instead of, like, well, something horrible happened. Time to go to Door County. Hey, why don't we go to Door County? We can go play golf at Peninsula Park. I saw you guys were up there the other day. Here's the deal. And I'm not. Now I was going to make another fight. Door County is, it, it's my place, and it's with me and my wife and my daughter, and no one else can come. Fine. Because we have such a specific mindset and plan that everyone would hate us if they came with us. Like, we're just, what are we doing right now? I don't know what's getting in the car. We're going to find something. I just wanted to play golf with you. You can do whatever the hell you want the rest of the time. Oh, we're playing golf. I want to play golf a lot this summer. I played no golf last summer, and that is a crime. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I got a new set of irons for Christmas, too, and I'm just dying to use them. So we're golfing. Oh, we're golfing. Okay. Well, as long as as you promise that, we're all good. I do promise that. I'm just saying, like, Door County is, like, our – everyone's sort of got that, right? Like, everyone's got, like, this is our thing. This is the thing we do. And when people tag along – it's not like you don't want them there, but you have this unnecessary, not unnecessary, but probably it's not even there, but this pressure to be like, are they having fun too? Are we doing enough things to make them happy? Are they upset? Are they disappointed they came with us? Like, I don't want to worry about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I may be overthinking it, but it's just kind of how I am. So, I don't know. I'm weird. This has been established. Yeah, well, duh. <laughs> we all know that's the truth. But uh-huh. I will look in, I'll tell you, Door County, if you do go, um, there are so many things to do. But the place that everyone goes to in Door County is called L. Johnson's. Very famous. They have goats on the roof. It's a Swedish 
restaurant. We want to do what we could for the Swedes, considering what happened in Sweden this week. Yes. Um, our thoughts and prayers are with the people in Sweden. They were there for us after Bowling Green, so we got to be there for them after the Swedish incident. Yeah. So we went there and supported them because uh, we have to because we're Americans. Um, but there's a new place called Julie's. Oh, my God. We went there. So it was their last day of the season because Door County pretty much shuts up from like March till the middle of April. They just kind of because there's it's not winter. It's not spring. There's really no reason to be there then. So they sort of lock up and redo everything then, like if they're building, if they're fixing, renovating, whatever. So this was their last day of the season. So it was like cleaning out the fridge brunch. Dude, it was insane. So it was just your basic like breakfast buffet. But then the owners kept coming out with stuff they just sort of made. Like here's cherry stuffed French toast. Would you like a piece? Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> Please put three of those on my plate right now. Then they came out with, um, like, Eggs Benedict, and um, there was, like, a spinach feta portabella omelet, and they're just going table to table with, like, scoops of this stuff for people. It was awesome. Awesome. So that's the place. If you're not, It's a new place. If you're a Door County regular, make sure you check out Julie's. Is it in Ephraim? I forget where it is, but it's... Oh, it's in Gibraltar. Really good. Julie's in Gibraltar. Go there. All right. All right. They're not advertisers, though, so enough of that. Yeah, enough of that free stuff. Are right, you ready to wrap this bad boy up? I was born ready to. Or are we gonna? Are we gonna? Up. Are we gonna make up? Why? Why do we have to make up? I figure let let things simmer for a week and bury them deep inside where they can explode at a later date. James, I feel like you were just not understanding what I was saying, and I understand your frustration. I'm not saying I don't like fun things. I'm just saying that I th- don't. You condescend to me, man. I don't even start that. I'm just explaining my feelings. I don't want. I don't want you to explain your feelings to me. I want your feelings to more closely mirror my feelings. That is real. <laughs> that is that is. See, that's how it is. You just sound like every marriage in the world. Because that that's that's the truth. Like I know what you're saying, and I just totally disagree with you, and want you to think the way I think. Yeah. And if you don't, I'm going to resent you. And if you do, I win. <laughs> I just inadvertently said the most profound thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> you did. You just solved everything. <laughs> yes! Way to we go. We ended the podcast on a high note. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. The Black Oak in Oakland, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining. And Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933 we're not saying another word we ended the podcast on a high note we'll talk to you later this week goodbye we love you we love you Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Simplify your federal agency's technology procurement with Connection Public Sector Solutions. Connection's dedicated account managers, commitment to exceptional customer service, and extensive catalog of federal contracts make IT purchases quick, easy, and affordable. Turn your challenges into opportunities and get rid of your technology pain points with Connection today. Learn more about what's possible with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts.